Welcome to Classroom Success 101 Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Roos, the Hardcore Behaviorist, and I'm here to help you overcome those problems you're experiencing every day. You're listening to a master audio class, so put your positive thinking caps on and get ready for another lesson on how to achieve greatness within your classroom. For show notes, make sure you check out our website at hardcorebehaviors.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, make sure you check out our Hardcore Behaviors Teacher Pay Teacher Store for our helpful digital downloads. And join our Facebook group, Educators United, to help education continue to thrive during these tough times we are facing when schools are closed throughout the country due to the coronavirus. By joining Educators United, we encourage you to upload free online educational resources to help educate our students from a distance. Welcome to another episode of Classroom Success 101. Today, we're gonna talk about the magic wand to curing behavior problems okay I'm gonna come in with it like this behavior problems when they are exhibited within your classroom or within the school it becomes an issue okay the struggle is real and the very first thing we want to start utilizing is we want to write a referral or we want to send that student to ISS or, or, or send them to out-of-school suspension or maybe you have an alternative school um, that you want to send them to. But, you know, the, the truth behold is that over the years that I have witnessed students going to ISS or out of school suspension or the alternative school, for most, it has not worked, okay? I mean, I even have taken classes in um, behavior supports. I mean, I took a graduate level class on uh, on uh, positive behavior intervention supports and had several professors tell me that, you know, uh, those, uh, those consequences that we use, um, like the uh, ISS and all that, the problem with those, they're not research-based. That states that they're going to work, okay? Um, you know, the biggest thing that I've seen over the years is that sometimes they have these trainings on called like what it is, it's called smart ISS and smart ISS is, you know, you, you, you have a certified special education teacher that is in the ISS, um, classroom as a teacher. And that, that teacher is trying to provide behavior supports, you know, academic supports, and, and so on. But one of the key things for 
this smart ISS teacher to do is to kind of, you know, the first go ahead round when kids are starting to come to ISS um, is to like kind of, you know, punish them or, or, or scare them to make them not really come back. Like that's a, a severe consequence, but it's, it may work for like, you know, the kids that are, that understand to how to act and how to behave within school. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to really work for those frequent flyers. I mean, I, I've seen that time in time out again. The, these, these students, uh, go to ISS and it's like they're it's like they're uh, uh, cool down spots like some of them rather go to the ISS than go to your class so you know one of the key things that we have to remember is that that is that is why we have to um, start providing behavior interventions um, you know uh, the the key here is, we as teachers provide students academic interventions, but what you're seeing is that there are behavior problems that students are coming into your class that they have deficits in these certain social skills. You know, part of uh, when we go in and write a behavior plan, that's one of them is to look at deficits in social skills and provide that, um, provide that teaching to them. But what what I've looked at over the years of being in the field is that sometimes these kids do not get the um, the intervention of social skills right off the back. It, it almost takes these students going into a tier three program to get these interventions provided to them, which we as a school could have probably done a lot better and provided those interventions to them a long time ago and this is why you know this is why I think you know having some kind of tier one social skills lesson um, as a as a uh, a class or something like that where you're touching base on it, a lesson per day or, or maybe it's a class period is crucial I mean that that should be a tier one um, intervention for any school, especially if you're looking in a, if you're at a low economic school, like one of these title ones, I mean, you, you got to remember kids are coming to you with these behaviors. So at that point, you know, there, there's, there's no answer of you trying to write them up and send them to my SS cause they're not learning that. What's dangerous and about that is they could be learning that, well, I don't like this class, so I'm just going to show this behavior, and then I'll go to ISS. I know they'll put me in ISS. So when we're looking at the magical wand or the, uh, you know, um, be-all, cure-all to behavior problems, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't just wave a magic wand the first day and and your problems are going to be gone. It's you look at it from this perspective. You know, if you're going into the gym and you're trying to um you know, get fit and and get in shape, well, you can't just go to that gym one time and think you're going to get fit and in shape. It's just not going to happen. 
It's going to take time. It's going to take, um, you know, I would say at minimum six weeks, you know, six to nine weeks that you're going to start seeing a change over time. And, you know, um, that's where we had to start putting our interventions in. And the reason why data is so crucial and and um, the reason why we focus so much on it is that is how we that is how we can determine if our interventions are working. Like for example, you know, if there's a behavior problem within the classroom, you know, I, I would like to get a baseline on that behavior problem so that when we do put an intervention in, we know where our baseline is. You know, how many times did uh, you know, maybe the student uh, didn't follow directives within your classroom. What's the average of time that uh, he or she is doing that? And so we can write that down. And so there, there's our start point. Then we can start uh, providing intervention and seeing if that has decreased over the time. You know, if if maybe our student, our target student is not following directives, you know, 10 times a day, then we put in a intervention, a positive intervention. Um, and then we start seeing a decrease maybe in like six weeks, you know, we go from 10 to, to maybe five. Yes, the behavior is still there, but we got to ask ourselves this, is the intervention working? And I can tell you right now, it is working. It's just going to take some time and you got to utilize that intervention and you got to stick with that intervention. Um, and that is why the data is crucial so that we can see if the intervention is working over time. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, a lot of different behavior interventions out there specifically for students. And, you know, one of the biggest things that you got to remember is that these behavior interventions are going to take time. You know, if, if you're sending a student to ISS or writing a referral or, you know, I, I'm down there, to, sending them down there to the office and you keep having to do it, then I'm going to tell you right now, that's probably that intervention or you think that consequence, whatever you think it is, it's not working. Because if it did work, it would have stopped the behavior problem from happening. But it's not working, and that is something that we got to constantly look at when it becomes the behavior problems. What kind of what kind of uh, behavior problem is it? You know, we start looking at functions, um, but you know, a lot of it, a lot of it, we can we can stop at that that tier one to tier two. If we provide the interventions at that tier one to tier two levels, if if our schools are um, actually running positive behavior intervention supports, and you have a committee, and you you have um, the, you're talking about these things, you know what are what are the um, interventions we're going to provide our students? Um, you know you're going to start seeing decreases in it. Like, you know, one of the biggest things that I always talk about is that we we are so heavy 
when it comes to academic interventions. You know, we got kids that have academic deficits and uh, we're we're we are on the ball to to get these kids the help they need. Like it is a quick turnaround. Let's let's stick them in an intervention group so we can get the help. And that is the same thing with behavior. It is there is a social skill deficit there that we got to provide them the skills and teach them the the skills that they need so that at least we we can say we're providing that and we're teaching them those skills. Because if we're not, then we're never going to be able to see um, those behavior changes and teach those students the replacement behaviors. So it is crucial. If you want to see behavior change, you know, you, you, you have to be able to provide an intervention. You know, one of the biggest things that I always talk about, if you're a teacher and you're struggling in this and in, in when it comes to um, trying to figure out behavior solutions, I'm going to tell you right now, reach out to um, your, your, your positive behavior intervention support teams. Reach out. If you got a behavior specialist on the campus, if you have a behavior teacher on the campus, reach out to them. You know, talk to them about uh, possible interventions that you can try. It's something that they they may know that um, they can give you um, some help in that area. Even if you got principals, there's some good principals out there that that know those interventions as well. So, um, if you're struggling in the class with behavior behavior problems, I would definitely definitely reach out to to those uh, people there that can help you. I mean, even. Even a teacher, uh, one of your partner teachers or a teacher that, that you work with may have a solution to that behavior problem. So th- this podcast today is more about, you know, uh, don't get stuck on the mindset that there's some magic wand out there that is going to, um, you know, put an end to the behavior problems that you're having. It's just not, it's not going to happen. There's nothing that you're going to do overnight that's going to put a quick fix to that. You know, I always talk about, you know, to change a bad habit, it takes 21 days. And that's 21 days of being, uh, you know, uh, um, disciplined on that end. You know, so, you know, where we go wrong is if we don't see a change within a day or two, we give up on the intervention and you, you cannot do that. You got to constantly provide that intervention. And it is something that's that, that you got to look at the data. What's the, what was the beginning baseline? What, 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 how many times were they averaging that behavior within your classroom? And then when you provided the intervention over several weeks, has that behavior um, problem decreased? Or if it hasn't, then we need to go back to the drawing board and, um, you know, figure out a new plan. But that is behavior interventions. Um, and, and you know, you got to have patience. Patience is key. And I'm going to end you with this is fall in love with the process. Because if you do not have patience with the process or you're not falling in love with the process, what's going to end up happening is you're going to get frustrated and 
you'll end in the intervention too quickly and um you will um you won't see any results you know one one of the things that i kind of talk about to um um one of my classes about when it comes to uh giving up too early it was like uh, there's a book called three feet from gold and in this book it talked about a guy that um he went out to california during the the gold rush and his idea was he wanted to strike gold and and, and get a lot of riches and so he purchased a gold mine and so basically what was happening is that he kept working and he kept working and he kept working and all of a sudden he struck gold okay so he actually struck the gold but it was um what he saw was he saw a little bit of gold it wasn't a whole lot of gold and so he thought, well, maybe I found some uh, something worth worth my wild here. And what ended up happening was he kept digging and digging and digging. And then that gold just completely disappeared. And so he started getting disappointed. And then um, he kept trying and, and, and dig, he dug for several more days. But it just, the gold just dried up on him. And he just didn't know what to do from there. So he got frustrated. He quit all the all the the, the equipment that he bought, the, the gold mine that he bought. He ended up giving it up. He he sold out, he sold it to a guy um that um understood the gold mines and he this guy that bought it went to an expert um, when it come to gold mines and what the expert, um, was saying was that, um, that gold that, you know, the guy found at the very get go was on a fault line and what, what the new owner of this gold mine had to do was follow that fault fault line. And when he followed that fault line, he was sure to strike the gold. Well, lo and behold, he goes in there in the mine and he follows that fault line. And actually it was like, I believe it was like three feet from the right where that fault line started again. And sure enough, that gold, he hit that gold and he hit it big. And so the lesson to that story was don't give up too soon. Always think in the back of your mind, you're, you're, you're three feet from gold. You could be three feet from gold and you don't want to give up. And, um, you know, um, end up where you don't, um, succeed in the, the plan that you were wanting to, to succeed in. So this is my lesson to you all is that this is how interventions work. You you got to put the work in. You got to put the time in. They're not going to happen overnight. Um, it, you're going to have to 
have your data out there, know your data, be able to take some more data to see if that intervention's working. You know, and and you know, talk to the experts in the field. There's there's uh you, you know, you got you got experts that work on your campus and talk to them. You know, you can always reach out um, to me on on the inst- on my Instagram message. Send me a direct message. Uh, leave a comment on this this uh, episode. You know, um, also um, if you like what you hear, you know, leave a leave a comment. Um, give us a review. You share this out to a teacher who who needs needs to hear this information. Uh, biggest key here is I'm definitely trying to help anybody out that is that's struggling when it comes to um, the behavior intervention world or uh, and and just trying to provide that positive solution for y'all so that you can get in your classrooms and and handle that behavior problem so you know your frustration diminishes. And the classroom overall becomes a success. So I hope y'all have an awesome, awesome school week. Um, and I will talk to you again soon. If you know someone who needs to hear this, share it with them. Send them a text message, a DM, an email. Put it on all your social media platforms and tag me at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, keep the five-star reviews coming over on iTunes. It helps teachers find the show so they get an opportunity to make the decision to grow as well.